the just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Cause it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. They said lowering drug prices was a fight we couldn't win. The big drug companies have billions of dollars and an army of lobbyists. But AARP stood with our 38 million members and forced the drug companies to lower drug prices. It's a victory for all Americans. But Big Pharma won't give up, so neither will AARP. Join our fight at aarp.org slash fierce defender. That's aarp.org slash fierce defender. Listen to these shows. As a matter of fact, listen to Matt Connington of WMNH Radio in Manchester, New Hampshire. The guy I've been fighting with. Listen to that show. He's on Facebook. It's Unleashed. I'm not promoting him. He's my enemy. I know I'm not going to say the word right. I do have a slight speech impediment. Um, but I want you to listen to his show. It's Matt, Matt Connington Unleashed here on Facebook. And when he does a show in the afternoon, he does it here on Facebook. Listen to his show. I'll give you five minutes. for a better endorsement. Hey, welcome everybody. Here we go. Happy Friday. It's Matt Connerton Unleashed. And we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious, hot, hot, sticky downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester. And hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe. You can go to my website, mattconnerton.com for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, today is a Friday, July 22, 2022. Uh, so nice to have you all with me. Uh, I want to remind you, of course, about our amazing sponsor, The Hop Knot in the Brady Sullivan, right across the street at 1000 Elm Street. They've got those uh, delicious gourmet pretzels. I'm not sure who's playing there tonight. Uh, they do have live music every Friday night, but I don't have an updated list at the moment. But uh, if you are in the area, or even if you're not in the area, it's worth the trip. Uh, pop into the Hop Knot, usually around 8 o'clock. They've got, uh, it's typically a solo artist or maybe the uh, the occasional duo uh, performing uh, live, doing an acoustic set there at the Hop Knot. So it's a, a very, very nice way uh, to spend the evening. Um, speaking of uh, spending the evening, of course, uh, Fridays are pretty busy here. Uh, Friday evenings are pretty busy here at WMNH, WMNH 95.3. I think the heat's uh, getting to me. Uh, 
<laughs> of course, uh, I'm here uh, until uh, 6 p.m. Then at uh, 6, we have Granted State of Mind, hosted by the great Rob Azevedo. Uh, he is uh, recording most of the shows now at Pembroke City Limits, uh, doing a great job with that. And then, of course, tonight from 7.30 to 10 p.m., we have Retro Spectrum Radio with Paul E.C. And I have the honor and privilege of being one of Paul's co-hosts on that show, along with Dan Randall of Dan Randall and the Randlets and DJ Steve. And I believe tonight, uh, Texas Mike is joining us as well. Uh, so that will be a lot of fun. So there's a lot that goes on here on uh, Fridays. By the way, uh, there is no uh, classic film review from our friend Eric Pilcher this week. Uh, he will be back next week. He had some uh, uh, things to attend to, so he wasn't able to do it this week. But uh, So he's taken, taken a quick break, uh, but will be back with us next week with his classic film review. And the subject will be uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. So really looking forward to that. Um, I've got uh, the Hopknot, by the way. They posted this on social media. Uh, you've only got one more week to get this month's special, the Pizza Bagel Pretzel. Ooh, that does sound good. Uh, shown here is the Chicken Bacon Ranch. Uh, you can also try the Caprice with pesto, mozzarella, tomato, and balsamic. Uh, the ball, uh, the the Italian with pepperoni and marinara. The pep, uh, I'm sorry, the popper with cheddar and jalapeno. Come grab one tonight and uh, don't miss the live music. Oh, this week they have Chad Verbeck uh, performing live at the Hopknot from 7 to 9 p.m. Okay, so that starts earlier than I thought. That actually starts up at 7 p.m. Uh, tonight. Uh, Chad Verbeck performing live at the Hopknot. So there you go. Uh, let's see. Speaking of sponsors, by the way, uh, Payne Specialty Group is going to be coming on board officially uh, soon. Uh, and we're going to have uh, uh, Dr. No. And uh, I, I guess officially it'll be in August, but uh, Dr. No and one of his colleagues joining us in studio live on August 2nd. So on Tuesday, August 2nd, we're going to have a big show that day, actually. Uh, you might have heard the announcement yesterday, too, because they're going to be joining us in the second hour. So in the first hour, uh, Amanda McCarthy, along with Tom Shubstow, will be uh, live with us in studio. So it'll be nice to catch up with Amanda. She'll be back in the area. And then uh, in the second hour, we will have Dr. No. So uh, from Pain Specialty Group, really looking forward to that. So lots of great things going on. and uh, But that will be one week from Tuesday. This coming Tuesday, Tuesday of next week, uh, we're going to be joined in studio by, uh, he made his uh, triumphant return this week, Glenn R.J. Willette. He is still quite the chanteuse. And he uh, requested the opportunity to sing live in studio. Not, uh, you know, he sends me these wonderful, uh, wonderful Songs uh, that he does. But he's going to perform live for us. And aren't we all just on uh, pins and needles for that? So there you go. Uh, 603-250-6007 is the number. 603-250-6007 if you'd like to join me. Of course, you can also text me at 617-917-4476. Uh, tweet me at Matt Connerton or send an email to Matt at mattconnerton.com. And, of course, you can interact and opine in the Facebook live chat. Uh, Facebook is being a little wonky today, though, as it uh, sometimes is. Uh, but the best thing to do, of course, so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is to give us a call at 603-250-6007. Would, uh, would love to speak with you today. Uh, but we will go ahead and say hello to everybody in the Facebook live chat. Uh, Rocky Huber joins us and says, hi, family. Uh, hope you all had a good day. By the way, it was Rocky who sent me that Gilligan's Island uh, parody. I, I love that. 
Uh, Jenny is in the chat and says, Shalom, peeps. Mike Palapita joins us, Mike, from another one of our great sponsors here at WMNH 95.3, Queen City Cabinetry in the historic Sunbeam Mall. Uh, hello, sir. Uh, Stefan Philbrook also in the chat room, and uh, we have a call. Let's grab this. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Uh, oh, I think I know who this is. Is this Louis? Louis Applebaum. Yes, yes. How are you this afternoon? Doing well. How are you, my friend? Well, I heard you mention Gilligan's Island. Do you think uh, Mr. Steve Bannon, he'll be doing his time on Alcatraz, another famous island? Sadly, no. Uh, Now, I know he was convicted. Uh, I don't imagine he's been sentenced yet, right? Uh, Unless something happened while I was on my way here that I missed. But I would love to see it. But unfortunately, he's rich. And rich people usually go to what they call club fed. You know, a federal prison where they get to... uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what they do. Play a lot of golf, and uh, I think they get massages and uh, eat really good food. So um, uh, the the wealthy and the famous uh, have it a little bit better than the rest of us. So I don't imagine he'll be in Alcatraz, but I'd love to see it. Maybe he could do his podcast from there. Well, the thing is, it's only a misdemeanor, but the judge the judge may look at the fact of principle and for his his arrogance, sir for lack of a better term, just being a pompous ass. Yes, yes. Um, I hope so. (laughs) I sure hope so. I mean, uh, I think it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to be convicted. There was really no getting out of it, although he did try. Uh, He tried to get out of uh, being tried by saying, oh, no, 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 I'll uh, I'll cooperate after all. I just misunderstood how this all works. Uh, Give me another chance. Uh, But it was too late for him. Have you ever been been charged with any crimes? I have not. I am what is... uh, I've got a a history. I've got a a rap sheet, like they say. And the people in charge don't really particularly like it like when you challenge them, right. especially on a contempt charge, you know, they got better things to do than contempt of court. Mm-hmm. It's almost like going to the golf course without your shoes mm-hmm. or going bowling without your shoes. Mm-hmm. Whoever he had for a barrister, I don't know why he couldn't, you know, understand that this was a no-win situation. I think part of it uh, might be that he wanted it that way. I, th- I think he, he might have understood that this was a no-win situation, but he loves the publicity, and he probably thinks it's even better for his, his brand, so to speak, uh, in MAGA world uh, if he kind of uh, makes himself into a martyr. But he may have overplayed his hand because I don't know if he's going to be feeling that way when he's in an orange jumpsuit. Uh, if that does come to pass, uh, he could get a suspended sentence. Who knows? Like I said, the rich and the I famous. I think it'd be nice if they sent him. It'd be nice if they sent him down to Hayward, Hayward and Willow. If he could be the <laughs> chef for sixty days, I, uh, the Valley yeah. Street Jail, I think, would straighten out Mister Bennett. I think that would be the perfect place for him. I would love to see that. I, I, I'll tell you what, I would be willing to go there and visit him if they put him there. I think that would be grand. Well, I think it'd be nice on, uh, you know, maybe do his weekends and maybe do his podcast from the Shaskeen and the <laughs> Wild Rover. That's right. And, and perhaps I could have him here for a guest. He's a disgrace. Yes. He now has a record, and 
I don't know. They're all falling like dominoes. Falling like dominoes, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, I will How say. How can I wrap this this up? <laughs> it's just a matter of time. No pun intended. That's uh, yes, yes. Well, well done, sir. Absolutely. Just a matter of time. All right. Well, all right, my friend. Uh, see. Well, nice, nice with you, and uh, I hope you have a nice weekend. Yes, you too. Uh, try to stay cool out there. I was born cool, brother. <laughs> Excellent. Outstanding. All right, my friend. Take care. All right, the great Louis Applebaum. That was nice to hear from him. We uh, we don't uh, uh, hear from him as much as the morning show does, but it's uh, it's always fun when he calls. I appreciate that very much. And, uh, yes, uh, Steve Bannon has been convicted, uh, so we'll see what happens next. Like I said, not to be cynical, but uh, the rich and the powerful and the famous do tend to get a little bit of an easier, uh, easier ride, so to speak. Uh, you know, I mean, if you're... If you're a poor person and you're, uh, well, convicted of much of anything, you're in for a rougher time. But I think uh, Valley Street would be a wonderful place for uh, for Mr. Bannon. I will say this about Steve Bannon. He might have some some clairvoyant uh, uh, powers. I mean, he was able to, you know, he said on his podcast, all hell is going to break loose tomorrow. Oh, and uh, look what happened. All hell uh, broke loose. We have a call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hey, Matt, it's Eric Pilcher calling in. Hey, Eric, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, Just wanted to let you know, came across some breaking news. Yes. McMahon has officially retired from WWF. Really? Yes, it just broke. Wow. That is... uh... That is huge. Vince McMahon, who uh, once said in an interview he wanted to, quote unquote, die in the chair, uh, you know, which, of course, was just a colorful way of saying that he wanted to work until uh, until he died. He's actually. Wow. So this means he's retiring completely from uh, from the company. I, I he I my understanding is he's done done. Wow. Um, I just Googled, hmm, I'm not, I just Googled Vince McMahon. I'm not seeing anything yet, but, uh, maybe. Yeah, my, my cousin sent me a screenshot from a pretty reliable source. Really? And Vince sent out a tweet that essentially confirms it. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Um, okay, here we go. Uh, so yeah, when I announced, when I, uh, when I announced, when I Googled, uh, Vince McMahon, uh, nothing came up. So it must be because this, the news is just now breaking. But then when I Google Vince McMahon retires, uh, it says here, this is from, oh, this is from CNBC, uh, WWE CEO Vince McMahon announced today, uh, that he was retiring as chief of the pro wrestling company, a move that comes, uh, a move that comes one month after its board said it was investigating allegations of misconduct against him. Uh, this is breaking news. Okay, so this this is unfolding. Oh, okay. Yep, Variety has it. Yeah, this is breaking news. You're right, uh, Eric. Uh, Variety just reported on it 11 minutes ago. Um, Business Wire 14 minutes ago. So this, yeah, so this is uh, an unfolding story right now. Uh, wow, that's incredible. I, um, yeah, um, I'm shocked. It's funny. I it's, thought that 
if there was going to be a removal, it was going to be one of those that uh, it's one was going to be one of those that would have to go through the courts. Right, right. Um, you know, it's it's funny too because BleacherReport.com has a story up, obviously from not from today but from recently, uh, titled "Stephanie McMahon Doesn't See Vince McMahon Retiring." Um, wow. Okay. Yep. A lot of sources uh, are reporting it now. ESPN is reporting it. Wow. Okay. Yep. No, I can't believe it. It's it's the end of an era. I mean, I grew. I mean, when I was a kid, when I first started wa- watching wrestling, and I'm I'm older than than you are, Eric, but. Uh, when I first started watching it, I didn't even know that Vince was the owner of the company because he was an announcer uh, on television, but they, they didn't reveal until uh, many years later that he was actually the owner and then started working that into storylines. But uh, So this is, um, it's kind of sad, but it's also probably really good. Um, <laughs> it's probably a, a good thing that he's, he's uh, going away. Um, wow, this is huge. Yeah. I, I mean, I have mixed feelings on it. Um, I'm maybe thinking that a blog post could come out of this. Mm. Um, I have some mixed feelings about it. Um, obviously, my favorite wrestler growing up, and still to this day, because I've never seen him have a bad match, is Brett the Hitman Hart. And there will always be a level of disgust I have with him for what he did to Brett and and just how that all went down. Yeah. Uh, uh, referring to, of course, the Montreal screw job. Well, I will, I will say that yeah. it's funny because, uh, and I know we, uh, we talked about this once before. So, um, uh, Brett the Hitman Hart is my number two. My number one would be Macho Man Randy Savage, but uh, Brett would definitely be my number two. And I always say the same thing. He never had a bad match, except for one. There, There is one if you count it, and maybe you don't count it, but his match against Vince when Brett came back to the company, no, I thought that, that, that was yeah. horrible. <laughs> no. You know, like, for me, Brett has to be in... I, I think, like... He, I don't count it. I don't count anything he did in 2015. His U.S. title win over the Miz. I don't count that. Yeah, I, yeah. It was painful, but yeah, I, I just always liked him, and I remember watching that live on pay per view, mm-hmm. and I literally sat there for I'd say a good half hour after it was over, the viewer's choice screen was up on my TV saying your program has ended. And I didn't know what I'd just seen. Right. (laughs) But I knew that someone that I had a hero worship of had gotten legitimately stiffed. Yeah. Um, And... Oh, and I, I've never. It's always been there had to be a a better way. Um, I've heard the reasons, and I, I, I guess for me, I didn't see Brett doing what he 
what Medusa did. I didn't. I wouldn't have even seen him going to WCW with any remnant of WWF with him. Right. I, I just the respect he has for the business. He wouldn't have done it. Um. Um. By the way, so yeah. I. Uh, CNBC.com does have a little bit more now. They have a, a statement. Uh, Vince put out a statement. He said, quote, As I approach 77 years old, I feel it's time for me to retire as chairman and CEO of WWE. I would like to thank my family for mightily contributing to our success, and I would also like to thank all of our past and present superstars and employees for their dedication and passion to our brand. Most importantly, I would like to thank our fans for allowing us into your homes every week and being your choice of entertainment. Wow. Yeah. Um, again, I, 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 I have mixed emotions on it, you know. He, I think he, over the last, since he bought WCW, it has been a detriment to the business. Um, but I go back to the CM Punk pipe bomb when he said, even if he dies or retires, doesn't even matter Mm. because the people with the same ideas and the same issue in the same way of doing things are going to be in charge. Well, I think so. See, I think that, uh, if, if the, uh, obviously, it, and now, I mean, I'm sure there was some thought that went into this before he decided to go ahead and do this. So I assume there's a, a succession plan that's in place. And if it is true that um, that uh, effectively Stephanie and Triple H are, are going to be running things, uh, maybe with Tony Khan as CEO and maybe Stephanie and Triple H do what they do, uh, maybe things really will finally change, which I think would be uh, actually bad news for AEW. Uh, I would think Tony Khan would be a little bit nervous right now because, to me, AEW is what has been providing an alternative uh, for uh, wrestling fans like me who who got you know completely chased off. I haven't watched uh, a, a, an episode of Raw or SmackDown all the way through, actually even a little bit at this point, in over a decade. I just couldn't couldn't watch it anymore. But um, but if if, I, if Triple H, you know, you know how NXT was before they made that like Raw and SmackDown. If um, if Triple H is in charge and is able to make it a younger, hipper product, then uh, maybe AEW won't be quite such the alternative anymore because then it'll be alternative well, to what? I I think AEW will always be the alternative in the sense of. They do things a lot differently than WWE. I mean, you're going to see differences in the way things are done, but they're not going to reinvent the wheel here. Yeah. Um, it's going to be the same premise. Um, I, I think where they're going to be different is I think you're going to see some of the mid-card guys that you've always sat there and said, wouldn't it be great if he got a run, mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. real legitimate run? I, I think this means amazing things for a guy like Dolph Ziggler that, is, that has deserved a run and just never had it. Yeah. Or, or you know, this, this is the perfect time for WWE to really roll the dice here 
so in that essence, I agree that if they do it right, certainly they could knock AEW down a peg or two. But they have to do it right. Because the fact of the matter is, WWE is a publicly traded company. With news like this, the stock's going to go down, ratings are going to go up, but the ad revenue, when they have to renegotiate, is going to go down. This is the perfect time to try different things because right. your bottom line's already affected, and if the changes don't work, you won't really know. So you can go out there and just be like, oh, hey, let's give this a shot. Now, there's a couple of uh, comments in the chat room uh, on the subject. So uh, EZG Eric Agnon says, I wonder if WWE will sell now with Vince gone, which actually brings to mind to me a question of my own. I wonder if if this is only the first shoe to drop, Eric. Is it possible that this is happening now because something else is about to happen? And you know what I'm talking I, I, about. Yes. Um, the, the, the overwhelming idea has always been NBC buying WWE, yeah, especially with the Peacock deal. Right. Here is, here's where that problem lies, is I don't know if right now it would be worth the headache for NBC to buy it. Mm-hmm. Because they would have to break deal, the deal with Fox. Or they would have to find a way to have a agreement with Fox and a working relationship for the life of the SmackDown contract. Yeah. And those two entities have never gotten along. That's like Hatfields and McCoys of television. So, I mean, look, if they're, I've always said this. The best way to bury a beef is if there's millions or even billions involved. <laughs> yeah, of if there's course. money to be made, a beef can be squashed. Of course, of course. But it just depends on the revenue split and how they want to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because realistically, NBC would be the logical choice. Yeah, yep, definitely. Um, they, have, they have the network on Peacock. They have program. They have programming slots. The only thing that I would say is, do they have the plethora of networks to sustain a ton of WWE programming consistently? Mm-hmm. Um, there's another. Uh, so Rocky Huber in the chat room uh, says this. Uh, Now, this is a little aggressive, but uh, Rocky says, sometimes I fantasize about powerbombing Eric Pilcher through a table in the middle of one of his movie reviews. Uh, That would be definitely a heel turn uh, for Rocky. Uh, He says, "Uh, just imagine everyone is listening to his review, and out of nowhere, you hear the sweet sound of Eric going through a table. Uh, What do you think, Eric? Uh, Do you think you could sustain a uh, powerbomb from uh, Rocky Huber through a table? You know what? If Rocky wants to try, Rocky can. (laughs) I always say, if anyone wants to come at me, send anyone you want, but don't send anyone you want back. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yes, yes. Um, 
Imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers, delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. And Tom Blanchard uh, in the chat says steroids uh, stock will crash. Uh, I, I doubt that. Uh. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, as long as there's professional sports, there'll always be steroids. And, yes. you know, it, I, I mean, look, for every bad thing we have chastised Vince for, mm-hmm. the one, I, I got to say this, and this is something that, I don't think it's stated a lot is that steroid case against him was grossly overblown. Mm-hmm. It was, it literally was much ado about nothing. Yeah. It wasn't. He, I, I, I'd have to go back and look at it, but I don't even think there was anything grossly implicating him. No, I mean, they tried to paint him as effectively as a drug dealer, like he was distributing the steroids uh, and that he was somehow part of this drug trade, which uh, it was a pretty weak case. It was. Obviously. It was was the government trying to look for a scapegoat for steroids, and they did that with the baseball trials on Capitol Hill. Yeah, too. I remember Except that. Except the baseball players were stupid enough to fall in line and become the scapegoat. <laughs> yeah. Um, who's the the baseball player who had the big head? Like his head grew because of the steroids. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Yeah, I don't know much about baseball, but I remember that. I remember people talking about that. Like his because that apparently that's a side effect. Like his head actually got bigger. <laughs> because of, of using steroids. It did. Yeah. It actually did. There <laughs> is like actual documents that the that the uh San Francisco Giants have where they measured his head for ball caps because the baseball hats are actually fitted. Yeah. And his hat size did go up. Not by like a quarter inch either. We're talking full hat sizes here. Jeez, that's so that's so that's terrifying. Can you imagine being someone whose head is getting larger? Like I would be so completely freaked out. Like what is happening? I, I, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean that whole baseball trial was just a joke. You had Rafael Palmero that sat there and with great conviction. I never took steroids ever. Three months later, gets popped for steroids. Yeah. 
Um, in Sammy Sosa pretending he didn't speak English. Mark McGuire saying, I'm not here to talk about the past. This is what happens when you unload a ca- clown car at Capitol Hill. Mm. I remember uh, I remember Hulk Hogan going on Arsenio Hall and denying that he had ever used steroids. I, I mean, well, I mean, world of difference there. <laughs> yeah, Arsenio true. Is in, <laughs> Arsenio can't pop you for perjury. True. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah. It, I mean, no athlete is going to admit it till they have to admit it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and th- that's the drop. That's the bad thing about it. They're not going to sit there and say, yeah, I did it. Um, but, until it behooves them to do so. Right. Until they don't have a choice. Yeah. By the way, Rocky Uber says in the chat, just joking, Eric Pilcher, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Eric Pilcher is one of the only out-of-towners that we consider family here. Oh, that's very nice. That's very nice. Although- oh, I appreciate the... Rocky has always given me kind words. That's why yes. I was shocked at the table threat, honestly. I know. Well, I think, though, he might be... Uh, see, I think he might be trying to lull you into a false sense of uh, security here, though, and he's going to hit you with an RKO you, out of you nowhere. You know what? When I'm sitting at my desk recording, I'm going to have to lock my... Lock- <laughs> the door that's right (laughs) and because i don't know if my 39 year old insulin injecting body can take going through a table right well i mean i hope the table uh what you do is uh gimmick the table ahead of time so the desk that you sit at just just cut it underneath so it'll break more easily in case you do ever get put through it see yeah but then you run into a risk of uh the table i uh i actually call it uh, triple H'ing yourself like he did at the Royal Rumble that year when Cactus Jack suplexed him on the crate. Oh, I and don't... he sliced his leg on the wood shard. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, slicing your that leg was bad. Slicing your leg on a wood sh- uh, shard is bad, or on anything really. Um, let's see. Oh, Miriam, did ba- you actually go back and watch that match? Yeah. He lost a lot of blood from that Jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, he's told the story about how when he walked back, he could not feel his foot. Yeah, that's because scary. Because it was all a puddle. Oh, God. Ugh. Um, Miriam Banishes in the chat room and says, I remember the Barry Bonds thing because Craig Ferguson did a whole bit about uh, how steroids shrink testicles. Uh, Craig added... Uh, that he had to take steroids to shrink his uh, to the size of a man's head. My favorite Craig Ferguson moment. Um, yeah, I, I used to love I used to love Craig Ferguson as well. But uh, yeah, I, I, I love Craig Ferguson as Drew Carey's boss on the Drew Carey oh, show. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot he was on that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm I'm just uh, I am stunned by this news though. If you're just joining us, Vince McMahon, as he approaches age 77, has announced his retirement. And uh, I wonder what happens now. What what does he do now, though? He's not someone to just sit around and hang out and relax. He's a he's he's a, the most one of the most notorious workaholics ever. I I that's that's the crazy thing. Yeah. Who who knows what he does? He's got to do mean, something. I mean, it's. I feel sorry for Linda if she still lives with oh, him. Oh, I don't think they I don't think they even live together. From what I've read, I, I don't think they even uh I, I think it's it's a marriage of convenience at this point. 
I don't think they even live together at that at this point. From from what I've read recently. Yeah, that's why I threw that in there because yeah. I agree. I don't. What I've read as well is just kind of like it. It would just be more hassle for them to get divorced at right. this point yeah. than it would be to just stay together, which which with the amount of money involved in the fact that Vince probably has no legal leg to stand on yeah. at this point. Oh, yeah, with all the philandering, uh, to put it mildly. Uh, our friend yeah. uh, Crystal from the great state of Illinois says, does Triple H and Vince's daughter Stephanie take over for him? Yeah, that's always been the uh, that's always been the theory, right? Kind of kind of art imitating, or actually, it would be life imitating art because uh, at one time that was a storyline that they did. Uh, Triple H and Stephanie yep. uh, taking over, <laughs> but uh, and there's even a meme going around uh, online. In fact, I think Rocky had shared it out at one point of Vince's line. Uh, in the ring, uh, unconscious, and Stephanie and Triple H are standing over him. That was probably from 15 years ago, but uh, it might be coming true. Yes, and and you know it's going to be interesting. I between you and I, I might start paying a little bit more attention here because it's it's definitely going to be interesting. I don't think it'll stay status quo. I'm just trying to temper the expectations of change. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I think there are going to be, I, I think I'll start paying more attention to WWE as well, though, because I think, I think you're right, Eric, there will be change. And I, and it might be, like I said, it, it might be a, a, a much cooler, hipper, younger product uh, without, uh, you know, uh, the writers having to cater to a 77 year old man. You, I, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. You also kind of have to, I, I, actually, I'm majorly wondering this. Does this change any immediate plans mm. within the company? Yeah. I mean, because there's been a lot of backlash for what the SummerSlam main event is going to be. And does this, him retiring, does that change it? And where you now, you're like, okay, do we go in a different direction? And if you do, do you do it at risk of, pardon my language here, pissing off the beast. Um, uh, refresh my, I've paid so little attention to the actual uh, product it's, itself. Refresh my memory. Is it Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the 11th or 12th time or something? Yes. Yeah. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar in a last man standing match. <sighs> um. <laughs> God, who wants to see that at this point? Um, no, nope. I mean, because my understanding is Brock is on a pretty tight deal, but he can opt out at any time. Yeah. Well, he looks actually, though, it's, he he looks like he's having more fun than he has in a long time. I'll say that for Brock. And it could be that he doesn't. I'm not saying he does. I'm just saying that it's something that needs to be thought about a tad because Vince always had a way of talking with Brock mm -hmm. and getting Brock to pay play along. And now that this has happened, is that gone? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you also have to wonder if John Cena would have said, Hey, yeah, I'll come back to kind of help the company out because he said no to coming back because his reason was I can't 
have the negative publicity with the peacemaker and everything I have going on right now of being in the company when you have all these allegations. Right. Which is smart. And he so, yeah, I, I you just kind of look at things and you're just like, hmm, what if this would have happened? What if that would have happened? There's a lot of what ifs here, as there are with anything in life. Um, Crystal uh, says it'd be funny if The Miz uh, somehow gets to run it. You, you know, that's another guy that I was thinking of that you really kind of sit there and think about that you're like, he never really got a run. Yeah. I mean, he did, but he got pretty much buried at WrestleMania when he faced Cena. Yeah. He's never had, uh, he's never been in that situation when they're like, okay, here's the ball, run with it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And I, I, I mean, there's only one ball you can do that with, but there's a lot of guys that I hope now get that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. Uh, but well. yes, I was uh, on my way to an appointment and I saw <laughs> that come through and I got the message from my cousin and it, it, I saw it was from a reliable source and I was like, oh, I'm calling in. And this gives me an opportunity to apologize to everyone for no classic film review today. Oh, no need. No need to apologize, my friend. Uh, you know, um, just, yeah, like I, uh, I'll just share a little bit. I started uh, insulin injections this week and they kind of take it out of you a little bit. So yeah, the, the adjustment of it. Yeah. And it's so weird. Like I thought the biggest issue I would have with it was the actual injecting myself. That's not a problem. It's like you get, I get lightheaded and dizzy. Yeah. Like 30 to 45 minutes for 30 to 45 minutes after taking it. Yeah. Oh. And I just wear down quicker. And they said that after the first week of taking it, that that goes away, but it's just getting there. Oh, okay, good. So it's very, so that's a temporary side effect then. That's good. Yeah, but I, I find that like I'm sleeping better. So it, it oh. the long-term benefits are going to be amazing, but it's just getting away from the short-term problems. Right, right. Okay. Well, so, yes. Um, Yes, Wrath of Khan will be next week. Outstanding. No, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I, I love that film. Absolutely. That will be I a, think it's excellent. the greatest science fiction film of all time. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I, I, did, I think the impact it had and all of that I, is unmatched. Yeah, yeah. I'd actually, now that you mention it, I, I would probably agree with you on that. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, very good, uh, Eric. Well, uh, you sound great. So uh, you're you're on a good path health wise. It sounds like you know you'll get you'll get through this uh, this initial uh, initial jolt with the uh, with the insulin. And uh, you know, gotta gotta put your health first. That's like I said to you on Messenger. That is the most important thing. So yes, and I appreciate it, and I do appreciate the people that have messaged me and uh, throughout all the health issues. Uh, yeah. They they didn't they don't go unnoticed. 
Um, and I appreciate it. And I appreciate you and Jenny and everyone at WMNH and Matt Connerton Unleashed. Oh, very nice. Well, we appreciate you, my friend. And uh, thank you uh, again for the call. And we will uh, talk with you soon. All right. Thanks, Matt. All right, Bye, Eric. Everyone. You got it. Bye-bye. All right, that was our friend Eric Pilcher from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And, uh, wow, yeah, that's, uh, if you're a wrestling fan, that's that's huge news. And um, even, you know, in the business world, of course, it's big news, too, even for people who aren't necessarily wrestling fans. Everyone's reporting on it now. Uh, WWE is a publicly traded company. And, um, you know, it operates this weird space, too, between sports and entertainment. Obviously, you know, it's professional wrestling. It's not actual sports. It's it's scripted entertainment, but it it is a simulated sport. So it's um so in some ways it gets lumped in with sports as in terms of uh, how it's presented and how it's uh, regarded in the business world and on Wall Street and so forth. So this is a that's a big deal. Wow, it's the end of an era. The end of an era. Uh, 603-250-6007 is the number. 603-250-6007. If you would like to chime in, uh, of course, you can text me at 617-917-4476. Tweet me at Matt Connerton or send an email to Matt at MattConnerton.com. And, of course, you can interact and opine in the Facebook live chat. But the best thing to do so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is give us a call at 603-250-6007. By the way, I am looking at, um, we'll get the update here on uh, our friend uh, Louis Applebaum had called earlier regarding Steve Bannon. Uh, so we'll look at that and then we'll um, also, it, it might have to be in the second hour, but I want to talk about uh, uh, the uh, last night's uh, January 6th uh, hearing and whatnot. Also too, uh, just uh, very quickly, I wanted to give a shout out to, and again, uh, these folks are not sponsors, so I don't get any money. The station doesn't get any money for this. I'm just doing this uh, because I was so very happy with the service I got there. And, um, you know, uh, out in the world of, of businesses that uh, we interact with, that we all interact with on a daily basis, uh, some give uh, great service, some not so great, some mm, fair and some poor. And uh, But uh, when I find a place that I think, offers really great service. I like to give them a shout out on the radio. So once again, for the second time in the last couple of months, a tire warehouse in Hooksit. <laughs> um, the one in Goffstown is great too, but uh, the one in Hooksit always seems to uh, be able to get me in quicker. I know there's also one right here in Manchester, but that one is so busy. It's hard to, if I go online to make an appointment, I can't even get in, um, you know, unless I want to wait for it. But with a tire, it's kind of urgent. So I assume they're they're awesome too, because they're always so damn busy. But um, but the one in Hooksit, I had run over a nail. It's funny, too, because I always, and maybe I do it to myself, maybe uh, putting the thought out into the universe is what's uh, is, is coming back to haunt me. Because, you know, this time of year, obviously in the summer, there's a lot of construction going on, road construction, and there's new building structures being put up and whatnot. And every time I have to drive by, anything having to do with construction, I always think, Oh, I hope I don't run over something sharp that I'm going to find later in my tire. I always, that thought always goes through my head and maybe I need to learn to not allow that thought to go through my head. <laughs> so maybe I'm attracting the, the, the nails and the screws and the bolts and everything else that ends up in my tires. But, um, I had to go to tire warehouse and hooks it. Uh, they were able to plug the tire. Didn't even charge me for it. I was probably there for all of five minutes. Excellent, excellent service. They're really nice. Uh, they don't try to sell you uh, something you don't need. Uh, they don't try to tell you that uh, 
you know, oh, you're here for a tire? Well, um, oh, what's your what kind of car do you have? Well, we should probably sell you four new tires, actually. You know, they all have to be exact matching and all this. They don't do any of that there. There's no unnecessary upselling, which I really appreciate because I am uh, automotively and uh, mechanically uh, uh, not uh, competent. <laughs> so... Places like that see a guy like me coming a mile away. I'm I'm an easy mark. If you if you tell me I need something uh, regarding my car, I'm probably going to believe you, uh, whether you're being fully honest and forthright with me or not, because I have no idea. I don't even know how to change the oil. I've never even done that. The only thing I can do on a car, I do know how to change the air filter, but that's just because it doesn't need any tools. Other than that, I got to take it somewhere. So, um, but, uh, no, they're awesome tire warehouse and hooks it very, and very friendly too. um, quick, efficient, friendly, no unnecessary upselling. So I, I just wanted to give them a quick shout out. I was very, very happy today and they didn't even charge me, you know, there's, oh yeah, we remember you. Yeah. 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 They just plugged the tire sometimes too, when you go to get a tire plugged, if it's too close to the sidewall, um, I mean, if it's in the sidewall, yeah, you need a new tire. But uh, some places, if it's even remotely near the sidewall, the oh no, we can't plug that too close to the sidewall. You you need a new tire. They didn't try to do that to me. Um, yeah, it was near the sidewall, but it wasn't in the sidewall. And uh, I was kind of half expecting they were going to say nope, can't plug this, you know. And I would have gotten the tire. And it's a you know good good prices there too. But nope, they they just plugged the tire. All all set, good to go. No problem. So uh, thank you, Tire Warehouse in Hooksit. Uh, 603-250-6007, again, is the number, 603-250-6007. Uh, Rocky Huber said, Matt, did you know WWE is coming to Manchester in August? I did not. Um, Tom Blanchard is uh, really chomping at the bit, I think, to hear more about uh, Steve Bannon. Uh, let's look at this. Uh, let's get the latest update. So we found out today... That Steve Bannon, and it wasn't any big surprise, uh, Steve Bannon convicted of contempt of Congress. Uh, but now the question is, um, what will the sentencing be, I suppose? But NBC is reporting Steve Bannon found guilty. Uh, a Justice Department attorney told jurors, quote, the defendant chose allegiance to Donald Trump over compliance with the law. Uh, it says here a jury uh, today found former Donald Trump advisor Steve Bannon guilty on two counts of contempt of Congress for blowing off the January 6th select committee. Bannon's sentencing is scheduled for, oh, it's not until October, October 21st, when he will face a mandatory minimum prison sentence of 30 days and up to one year behind bars. Wow. He could also be fined $100,000 to $100,000 a, quite a swing. Uh, he is expected to appeal. Uh, Assistant U.S. Attorney Molly Gaston told jurors during closing arguments, quote, this case is not complicated, but it is important, unquote. Yeah, and that's why it was over so quickly. Uh, very, very simple, straightforward case. It was expected, you know, it started this week and it was expected to be over by the end of the week. Um, in fact, there was even speculation it might wrap up yesterday, but it ended up taking until today. But uh, Bannon uh, Gaston argued, quote, did not want to recognize Congress's authority uh, or play by the government's rules. Uh, the Justice Department sought to simplify the case, telling jurors that Bannon didn't turn over documents and testify before the January 6th committee when he was required to do so 
in October 2021 because he thought he was, quote, above the law, unquote. The prosecution called two witnesses, a January 6th committee staff member and an FBI special agent, and rested their case on Wednesday. Bannon's team declined to put a defense on Thursday, but has made clear they're planning for an appeal. In closing arguments, Bannon lawyer Evan uh, Corcoran uh, questioned whether uh, the committee's uh, subpoenas were actually signed by Chairman Benny Thompson, a Democrat of Mississippi, and raised uh, what he called a serious question about a witness's participation in a book club. Hmm. Uh, Judge Carl Nichols repeat. Uh, maybe it was Oprah's book club, and uh, I don't know why, but that's just the only book club I can think of offhand. Judge Carl Nichols repeatedly refused to delay Bannon's trial, despite the defense team's contention that publicity from the January 6th committee hearings would affect the jury pool, and their contention that Bannon was barred from testifying due to Trump's purported claims of executive privilege. A jury was seated on Tuesday morning. Although Bannon offered this month to testify. Now, this is what I was referring to earlier, by the way. Bannon tried to uh, tried to kind of uh, at the last minute say, wait, 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 no, you don't need to try me for this. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and cooperate. I just I misunderstood. It's all a big misunderstanding. I get it now. I have to go do this. OK, I'll do it. Little too little too late. Uh, Although Bannon offered this month to testify before the committee as he sought to delay this week's trial, the Justice Department has dismissed his last-minute change of heart as, quote, a last-ditch attempt to avoid accountability, unquote. Yes, exactly what it was. As Assistant U.S. Attorney Amanda Vaughn put it today, quote, That is like a child continuing to argue with their parent after they're told they're grounded. That kid knows they're grounded. They can argue all they want. It doesn't change the fact that the decision has been made, unquote. In closings, the government said that Congress had good reason to want to investigate what happened during the January 6th attack and how an attack like that could be prevented in the future. Gaston said, quote, our government only works if people show up. It only works if people play by the rules, and it only works if people are held accountable when they do not, unquote. Gaston said that the subpoena was not complicated and that Bannon chose not to cooperate. She cited Bannon's quote to the Daily Mail after he was issued the subpoenas, quote, I stand with Trump and the Constitution. You do, huh? Gaston told jurors that the laws relating to uh, contempt of Congress were strict for a reason and that Bannon knew that his executive privilege claim had been rejected. Yeah, I mean, I've never, by the way, and and I've said this before, uh, prior to uh, Trump and uh, various hearings uh, regarding Trump and the impeachment attempts and this and that, I've never seen the just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. They said lowering drug prices was a fight we couldn't win. 
The big drug companies have billions of dollars and an army of lobbyists. But AARP stood with our 38 million members and forced the drug companies to lower drug prices. It's a victory for all Americans. But Big Pharma won't give up, so neither will AARP. Join our fight at aarp.org slash fierce defender. That's aarp.org slash fierce defender. Uh, executive privilege claims being thrown around as loosely and as broadly uh, as uh, became the norm during the Trump administration. It's regard. It, it's it's like, uh, I mean, I met Trump. Jenny and I met Trump at a campaign event in 2016. Uh, if I get in trouble for something, uh, maybe I can claim executive privilege. Ah, I met the president once. Uh, sure, you know, whatever. I don't have to comply with your subpoena. I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, I'm being a little silly with my example, but I'm just saying it's, it's Bannon wasn't even working for the white house and hadn't been for quite some time when January six happened, but he just, he just says, Oh no, I have, uh, I have executive privilege. And then we find out that Trump never even uh, claimed we found out who was it from Pat Cipollone that Trump never even claimed executive privilege on Bannon's behalf for Steve Bannon. Maybe Bannon assumed because Trump pardoned him for the other thing. Remember, Bannon was charged with trying to defraud Trump supporters for that fake uh, build a wall charity, you know, because Bannon was trying to defraud Trump supporters and did successfully defraud Trump supporters for that fake build a wall charity, which shows should show you how much respect Bannon has for you if you're a Trump supporter. And the fact that Trump pardoned him for that, by the way, should also show you just how much respect Trump has for you if you happen to be a Trump supporter. But that aside, maybe Bannon thought that maybe he just assumed that with that pardon, there was uh, sort of an implied executive privilege claim attached and he could just, you know, do whatever. I will say this. I don't entirely uh, blame Steve Bannon for thinking he would get away with this. I mean, I blame him for for the contempt of Congress. But I, I can see where he thought he might get away with it only because others have, frankly. Quite a few others have. And that's another thing we saw during the Trump administration. When, when these hearings would go on and people would get subpoenaed and they would just refuse to show up and there was no consequence for it. And that happened quite a bit. That has happened quite a bit. And in fact, there are people who have been subpoenaed to testify before the January 6th committee. Um, and the Justice Department has not pursued everyone who has refused to comply. So I can kind of see, again, not to excuse or justify, but I suppose I can see why Steve Bannon, from his perspective, might have thought he would get away with it because so many others have and do continue to get away with it. But uh, it was not to be. And Obviously, the January 6th committee wants to talk to him because he clearly knew something. He was participating in the war room at the Waldorf. Uh, we know he was there on January 5th. I'm not sure if he was there on the 6th, but he was definitely there on the 5th. We know that. And on the 5th, on his podcast, he said, tomorrow, all hell is going to break loose. Just know that. He said it emphatically and directly. All hell is going to break loose tomorrow. And it's not going to be what you expect. It's going to be fast moving, but all hell is going to break loose. So he knew something. He knew something. He was part of something. I don't know if he was directly coordinating with uh, some of these groups who were involved and, you know, in, in, in the coordination of the attack on the Capitol, uh, like the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers or the Three Percenters. Um, we know that Roger Stone was uh, tight with uh, some of those folks. We know that. I'm not sure if we know that about Bannon. 
But um, so he clearly knows something, and he didn't want to talk. So instead, he's going to spend a little time in jail. He probably, though, doesn't care. And that's the, the sick thing. He probably is fine with it if he thinks it's going to help his brand, you know, because he's going to play it as he's standing up to the government. He's being persecuted. He's going to he's going to be a martyr for this cause because he so believes in, I don't know what he believes in. I don't believe he believes in democracy. What does he believe in? Does he just believe in Trump? Does he just believe in MAGA? Uh, what what does Steve Bannon even believe in? You know, even even Ben Shapiro, who politically probably matches up perfectly, is perfectly aligned with Steve Bannon. Even Ben Shapiro of the Daily Wire, and he's got his his podcast and whatnot. He even he says Steve Bannon is a despicable human being because they work together at Breitbart. And even, yeah, even Ben Shapiro says Steve Bannon is fundamentally evil uh, and cannot be trusted and is a liar and uh, does not have good intentions. So, um, let's see. A little bit more to this and then we'll get to the break. Uh, so again, this is from NBC News. Uh, Bannon had contempt for Congress and the name of the crime he is charged with tells you everything you need to know, Gaston said. The only person making this case political, she continued, is the defendant. Gaston said, quote, there is nothing political about finding out why January 6th happened and how to make sure it never happens again, unquote. Bannon told Evan Cor uh, Corcoran uh, in his own closing, told jurors that they needed to put January 6th out of their minds when deliberating this case. <laughs> How do you do that? That was, look, I'm not an attorney. I have no legal training. I'm not a legal scholar. I know nothing about what I speak, really. I've never uh, been in court. I've never, I, but it just seems to me like, here's the thing. Okay, I know this. I know this from my, uh, it's really just basic psychology. I know this from my training as a hypnotherapist. If you don't want someone to think about something, the last thing you want to do is what this guy did, Evan Corcoran. The last thing you want to do if you don't want someone to think about something is to tell them to put something out of their minds, to tell them to not think about something. It, it's it's like when, um, and I'll explain why this is this way. It has to do with just how the mind works, how the subconscious works. So... If you ever, um, if you ever been worried about something, you, something's on your mind and you're very worried about it, and someone who, you know, they're trying to be helpful, but they keep telling you, "Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't think about it." What, what happens? You keep worrying about it. If anything, you might worry about it more. You might think about it even more, because the subconscious mind has difficulty processing a negative. So, um, if you tell someone, "Don't do something," the subconscious here is do something. So if you tell someone, well, don't think about something, your subconscious mind doesn't hear the don't and says, ah, think about something. Um, so by, by the him telling the jury to put January 6th out of their minds, I guarantee you uh, the result of that, if it was not already the case, is they've had January 6th very much at top of mind. You know, telling someone you've, you've got to not think about this. They're just going to think about it more. So anyway, uh, Bannon's defense team has made it clear they are creating a record so that they can appeal 
to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. I assume they'll lose. Uh, that's only going to have the effect of dragging this out. I mean, this is pretty clear cut. Corcoran tried to raise doubts about whether the subpoena, whether the subpoena was actually signed by Thompson. <laughs> this is this is bizarre. In fact, so bizarre. Let me start that paragraph over. Corcoran tried to raise doubts about whether the subpoena was actually signed by Thompson, Benny Thompson, the chairman of the, of the committee, comparing his signature on the document to other versions of his signature. <laughs> the government objected. And after all parties discussed the matter with the judge, Corcoran quickly moved on. Yeah, that's that's pretty desperate, isn't it? And by the way, some people, I used to be like this. I don't think I am anymore. I think I finally settled on a signature. But some people don't even have a standard signature. I've seen this. You know, uh, most people, I think, probably get used to signing their name a certain way every time, right? And it becomes habit. But not not everyone, not everyone is like that. Some people, their signature is a little different. Each time they just not everyone develops a standard signature. It's kind of interesting, but um, Corcoran said that the senior committee staffer who testified to the jury wanted to make an example of Bannon because he had a popular podcast and because he was a former advisor to Trump. Corcoran also raised the fact that the committee staffer and Gaston vaguely knew each other from a book club. Although. I don't know why that's so funny to me, but it is. Although it was clear in court that they did not have a close relationship and hadn't crossed paths in years. Uh, he told the jury, quote, make no mistake, I'm not ask, I'm not against book clubs. Uh, but he insisted while maintaining a straight face that it is a serious question. Corcoran also brought up a recent letter from Trump about executive privilege even though the committee had told Bannon's lawyer that the purported privilege claim was not an excuse not to show up to testify. In fact, many senior Trump White House officials testified before the committee and Steve Bannon hasn't served in the White House since 2017. Corcoran told jurors, quote, prosecutors are basically saying that you have no choice, but you do have a choice, unquote. Now, listen, so... The other thing about asserting privilege, when you assert privilege, you don't. <laughs> and again, he probably thought he'd get away with it. But the thing about asserting privilege, and again, I have no legal training of any kind, but even I know this. You don't get to say, well, I assert privilege, so I'm not showing up. It doesn't matter if it's executive privilege. It doesn't matter if it's Fifth Amendment. You're you're uh, invoking your Fifth Amendment right under the Constitution not to incriminate yourself because that also seemed to happen uh, during the, the Trump administration. We saw a rise in that, people asserting executive privilege, people asserting their Fifth Amendment right, and, and using that as a reason not to show up, not to show up to testify. You can't do that. You still have to show up. You have to show up to be there to say on the record under oath, I am asserting my Fifth Amendment right, or I am exerting executive privilege. You have to actually be there and do that. You don't get to just say, I'm going to blow off this hearing, I'm going to blow off, I'm going to ignore this subpoena because I'm invoking my Fifth Amendment right or I'm exerting executive privilege. That's not how it works. 
I mean, unless you're so arrogant that you just assume you can do it that way and you'll get away with it. Um, on rebuttal, the government told jurors that they shouldn't wonder what they're missing in the case. Uh, Vaughn said, quote, you're not missing anything. This is not difficult. This is not hard. There were two witnesses because it's as simple as it seems. How much clearer could that subpoena have been? Bannon yelled it from the mountaintop that he was not complying with the subpoenas. Bannon thinks his authority as one man is greater than our government's. Uh, the one that we have all consented to, that's the definition of contempt, unquote. Right. Very, very simple. Um, we are uh, a little bit past the top of the hour, so we're going to uh, get to a break. But, um, oh, uh, Mike Pelopita in the chat room, uh, I think this is referring to uh, Tire Warehouse uh, in Hooksit, uh, which I was talking about earlier uh, and uh, in exaltive... Uh, tones uh mike says that's where all the telephone poles snapped yesterday yeah when that storm went through it hit hooks it uh pretty badly and uh yeah they were <laughs> there were telephone poles that uh uh were uh disrupted uh shall we say um miriam banish says uh laughing at steve bannon i thought maybe it was uh UK spelling. I'm the queen of typos, so no judgment here. I understood what you were saying. Oh, referring to uh, Tom Blanchard's comment in the chat. Okay. Let's do this. Let's get to a break. Uh, we are past the top of the hour. You're listening to Matt Connerton Unleashed, and we are live from the studios of WMNH. Let's get to a break, and uh, we'll play a little something here, and then I'm going to play this uh, Philip Sparkle song. It fits. haven't played this in a while. And uh, we'll show some love to our amazing sponsors and then we'll be back with the balance of our program. We'll be well in hour number two when we return. More Unleashed coming up, so uh, don't go away. Listen to these shows. As a matter of fact, listen to Matt Connington of WMNH Radio in Manchester, New Hampshire. The guy I've been fighting with. Listen to that show. He's on Facebook. It's Unleashed. I'm not promoting him. He's my enemy. I know I'm not going to say the word right. I do have a slight speech impediment. Um, but I want you to listen to his show. It's Matt, Matt Connington Unleashed here on Facebook. And when he does a show in the afternoon, he does it here on Facebook. Listen to his show. I give you five minutes. back everybody we are way in our number two numero dose of matt connerton unleashed on this friday afternoon we are live from the studios of wmnh 
95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester. And hello to our online listeners across the nation and around the globe. You can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, etc., etc. It is Friday, July 22nd, 2022. Wonderful to have you all with me. Don't forget about the Hop Knot. It is Friday, which means the Hop Knot tonight has live music. Uh, Chad Verbeck is performing there from 7 to 9 p.m. We did play a song of his uh, right before the commercial spots. Uh, going into the break, first we played What's Q Got to Do With It by Philip Markle, but then we included uh, Chad Verbeck, a uh, really nice song. Uh, I want to make sure I get the name right. Uh, Daybreak song uh, from Chad Verbeck, uh, Chad Verbeck <laughs> singer-songwriter Chad Verbeck, who is performing live tonight at the Hop Knot. What a great voice that guy has. I really, uh, I really dig him. Uh, but he'll be playing there tonight. Uh, of course, they've also got those delicious gourmet pretzels. They have craft beer. They have wine. Uh, it says here on social media, uh, you've only got one more week to get this month's special, the Pizza Bagel Pretzel. Uh, they've got the uh, Chicken Bacon Ranch, the Caprice with Pesto, Mozzarella, Tomato, and Balsamic, the Italian with Pepperoni and Marinara, and the Popper with Cheddar and Jalapeno. Uh, come grab one tonight and don't miss live music with Chad Verbeck tonight from 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, so that will be at the Hop Knot, our, uh, our amazing sponsor, this evening. Uh, Fridays, of course, very busy around here. Uh, this show, of course, uh, we're on until 6 p.m. And then uh, Granite State of Mind, hosted by the great Rob Azevedo from 6 to 7 p.m. here at WMNH. And then tonight from 7.30 to 10 p.m., it is Retro Spectrum Radio with Paulie C. And I am one of Paul's co-hosts on that program, along with Dan Randall of Dan Randall and the Randlets and DJ Steve. And tonight, I believe we are joined by our friend Texas Mike. I hope he's wearing his big belt buckle and his, he's got his cowboy hat and his spurs and, and the whole deal. Although probably not because I've never seen him actually wear any of that. But he is from Texas, so you just never know. And I think he's going to sing for us tonight. I think there might be some karaoke on the program. So that will be tonight from 7.30 to 10 p.m. Always a good time here uh, Friday nights on WMNH. Uh, if you'd like to join us today, 603-250-6007 is the number to call. 603-250-6007. You can also text me at 617-917-4476. Tweet me at Matt Connerton or send an email to matt at mattconnerton.com. And of course, you can interact on Dopine in the Facebook live chat. Uh, but the best thing to do, of course, is to give us a call at 603-250-6007. Uh, let's see. I think there was a little bit of a misunderstanding, by the way, in the Facebook live chat, but uh, uh, I'm going to leave that alone. That's uh, uh, No one did anything wrong there, though. It's just, uh, it's just a misunderstanding. So there you go. Uh, let's see. We should. We should, we should, we should. Yeah, let's do this. Um, so... Last night, of course, was the, uh, I'm calling it the season finale of the January 6th committee hearings. And, you know, it's funny. It it didn't, um, last night's hearings didn't really, I, oh, by the way, I should tell you up front, I have not yet watched the entire thing uh, from last night. I, I wasn't able to see it live. I had some other business matters going on. So I had to watch it later and it got to a point where it was getting very late. Um, and, uh, we had to go to bed. So, um, I just couldn't, couldn't keep my eyes open anymore. Not because I thought it was boring or anything, actually quite the opposite. I wanted to watch the whole thing. So, um, 
uh, probably tonight. Uh, we have a little bit of uh, of last night uh, last night's hearing left, um, but um, it it kind of really sort of I don't even want to say it confirmed what we already knew because we already knew it pretty definitively, um, and that was uh, look you can take everything else out of it if you want to, you know if if you're uh, someone who who is uh, sympathetic to Trump, if you like Trump and you want to take take out, you know, if you don't want to believe that he's responsible for anything that happened on January 6th, if you don't, uh, if you don't think that, that he uh, was the cause in any way, um, if you uh, don't want to believe that, um, you know, if, if, if you don't want to believe that he knew that the whole thing was BS, you know, the big lie is what they call it in, in the media, um, you know, if, if, if you don't want to believe that, uh, that all that was made up and that the Democrats really did steal the election for Joe Biden, um, as preposterous as that is for all kinds of reasons, you know, if, if you want to believe all of that, uh, because you're sympathetic to Trump, then, you know, as I've said on the show, I mean, I'm, I'm done, I'm done arguing with uh, people about it because there's simply no point. There's no point. You live in whatever alternate universe, uh, you choose to live in. But um, but there's something that I think what we saw last night and last night's hearing evidence of what I think, I, I don't know how anyone can defend this, uh, how anyone could defend or rationalize or justify any of Trump's behavior on this, and that was his dereliction of duty. And that's what last night's hearing was about. But again, it's something we already knew. So it was really just demonstrating it. And, and again, using, you know, people who are lifelong Republicans who are very supportive of the president working in the White House for President Trump, who just reached uh, their breaking point on that day and had to resign because they could not believe uh, Trump's dereliction of duty. And that dereliction of duty uh, occurred in Trump not doing anything. Well, actually, first of all, and again, if you want to, if you want to take out everything leading up to the insurrection, and yes, I, I stand by that insurrection, absolutely the correct term. If you want to take out everything even leading up to that moment in terms of any of Trump's culpability, fine. I mean, I, you know, virulently disagree with you, but okay. There's something that no one can deny here. There's something that no one can deny. Spin it however you want to. But you cannot deny that once the insurrection started, Donald John Trump, as president of the United States, as commander-in-chief of our nation's military, as the highest-ranking government official in the country, however you want to think of it, as the leader, the leader of our nation, Donald John Trump had an obligation, an indisputable obligation to act as president of the United States. The second that they breached the Capitol or even looked like they were about to breach the Capitol, the president of the United States had an obligation to act, to intervene. This is not my opinion. This is not me 
whatever bizarre things anyone wants to say about it. This is not Trump derangement syndrome. This isn't me sitting here saying this because I hate Trump so much. And I, No. This isn't me being a leftist or, you know, whatever people want to say about me. And I don't label myself. You you all can do that. I, I am what I am. I don't try to be right, left, or in the middle or any. I don't try to be anything. I just, I call it like I see it. Okay. But this is not my opinion. This is objective reality. And if you can't see it, then you are truly, you are, you got to be brainwashed. You got to be existing in some sort of alternate reality that you have accepted in your mind because you're so deeply in love with Donald Trump that you simply cannot be talked out of this cult that you have chosen to be in. If there's even anyone who still listens to this show who fits that category, because I've probably driven most of them away. But what I'm telling you is a fact. This is a fact. Donald Trump had a direct, immediate, indisputable responsibility as president of the United States to intervene, he should have been calling in whoever he had to call in militarily. He should have immediately put out the, you know, the video that he put out two and a half hours into the insurrection where he said, I love you. I understand why you're upset. Oh, you're all such great patriots. I just love you so much, but eh, you have to go home now. You have to go home in peace. You know, that video that should have been done immediately immediately he had an obligation and he was derelict in his duty as president of the United States. That is not my opinion. That is a fact. That is a fact. Again, if you're a Trumper, if you're MAGA, if you're whatever, you don't want to hear it. You don't want to accept it. I don't know what to tell you. And I'm really not interested in arguing with you about it because Arguing with people who exist in some sort of, on some other plane of reality where uh, facts and objective reality are irrelevant because their minds have been taken over by this guy who somehow managed to commit the, uh, the greatest uh, instance of mass hypnosis that we've seen, at least in my lifetime, you know. I always say, I mean, the most the most obvious con man, the most obvious liar, the most obvious snake oil salesman we've seen in my lifetime shows up and millions of people just believe everything he tells them. Never seen anything like it in my lifetime. It's frightening. But this is a fact. This is a fact. He was derelict in his duty. Period. Full stop. And how millions of people can be okay with that is beyond me. And uh, Ron joins us. Hi, Ron. Hi, Matt. Matt, I, I hear us so much, and I, I my brain is saturated. I can't even keep track of it. I, sometimes it, it just goes in one ear and out the other. Did Donald Trump give an explanation or a reason to why he did not act immediately? No, he's never addressed it. I'm getting complaints that someone on the team smells really bad every day. How do I address that? Talk to Bambi. So one of our employees just reported sexual harassment, and I don't even have a policy on how to deal with this. What do I do? Talk to Bambi. One of our people never shows up when they're supposed to. What are my options? Talk to Bambi. 
With Bambi, get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 per month. They're available by phone, email, and real-time chat, so onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. HR managers can easily cost $80,000 a year, but Bambi starts at $99 per month. Start your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Visit Bambi.com slash assistant right now. Spelled Bambi.com slash assistant. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232. All he did was he, about uh, 20 minutes to 30 minutes into uh, what was happening. He issued a tweet uh, criticizing Mike Pence. So not only did he not do anything to intervene, he actually egged it on. He poured gasoline on the fire. They were already chanting, hang Mike Pence, when he sent that tweet out. Um, the only thing he did, I think at one point during the, uh, you know, an hour or two in, he tweeted something about be peaceful. And it was literally just two words, like be peaceful. Like, what does that mean? Um, it wasn't until he made that video two and a half hours in when he made that video telling everyone to go home that everyone went home because they do whatever he tells them, of course. They're all under his spell. But uh, no, he's never he's never explained any of it. He, but, but why would he? I, I don't know what he could possibly say that would be a satisfactory explanation for his dereliction on that day. He sat in, he sat in the dining the truth, room. the truth, I guess. Yeah. Whatever, choose what the, the path he took. That's what, you know, the people want to know. Yeah, but I don't think there is anything. I don't think there's anything he can say. I mean, how do you explain? Right. How do you explain sitting in the dining room uh, adjacent to the Oval Office, just sitting there, which apparently that's where he was, sitting there watching it all happening on television, uh, a few times apparently picking up picking up his cell phone to call senators who were under attack, under siege, calling senators and saying, "Hey, do you think there's still a chance we can?" Uh, stop the vote count <laughs> as they're under attack, as they're running, in some instances, literally running for their lives. I don't know. I don't know what he could say. So he says nothing. And I don't think he ever will say anything about it. So however this turns out, this could have a, a complete and total effect on his next uh, re-election, whether he does or even whether they allow him to campaign for president again. Yes. Well, I think it's unlikely that he can be stopped. Um, he's expected to announce uh, probably in August, and um, he'll probably be the nominee, and he may very well be president again. Um, because there's enough people who just are fine with whatever. Uh, it's Trump, so it's it's all good. 
uh, that will support him no matter what. So uh, there's really, I don't think there's really any way to stop him. I mean, the only way they could stop him is if he winds up being charged and 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 is convicted of something. But uh, I don't, I don't think there's any other way to really stop him. So. Uh, you know, unless somebody else within the party can stop him, like Ron DeSantis of Florida, who I think might actually be a legitimate threat to Trump. Maybe. So maybe Ron DeSantis can can stop him. Not that I'm a big fan of him either, but uh, I don't know. You know, it, 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 it's very disappointing because I really, for so many, for so long, I, I really thought, you know, Trump was in office. First week he was making changes, and I was proud to say Trump, Trump, and I voted for him. Mm -hmm. But all these stupid, stupid ass things that it's like, wow, you know what? What a slap in the face. It's like you now you made me look like a chump because I stood behind you. (laughs) Well, but but to your credit, though, Ron, I mean, you you are able to acknowledge uh, that he's done some very bad things because there are some people uh, many people, unfortunately, millions of them who uh, who are with him no matter what. So um, good for you for b- existing on the same plane of reality as the rest of us and recognizing uh, that uh, that this is uh, not a good guy and not some that, not someone that we want as president. So I, I commend you for that, sir. Well, you know, fool me once, fool me twice, story. But uh, yeah, yep. you should just stick to business, not run in the country. Well, you know, or he could just retire. I mean, what is he, 76, 77? You know, he, 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 he could just uh, maybe go off and write another book or something. You know, I don't know. I don't really care what he does, but I just don't want him yeah. anywhere. I don't want him anywhere near the White House again. That's for sure. Hey, what's the, what's tonight's topic on the show? Oh, tonight? So I think Mikey's going to sing. But I think also, see, at one point it changed. Um, but I'm glad you brought that up, Ron. That's a good question. I want to, and I'm actually looking it up now because I want to make sure I get it right. I'm looking, uh, let's see, what did Paul, because I didn't see anything about it today, but I'm sure. I'm and my sure. next question is, do you, uh, will Dan be joining you? I hope. Or hold, hold joining you guys. Will who, I hope. Will who be joining us? Dan. Oh, I believe so. Yes. I believe. Uh, yeah. Well, I know he's been out for a little bit. Hope he's back. Yeah, he was out for a couple of weeks, but I, um, as far as I'm, as far as I'm aware, he is, uh, he is rejoining us. I don't know why Facebook is Good. giving me, uh, Facebook has given me a lot of trouble today. Uh, let's see. Last time I heard from him, he was worried about getting a flight out of Georgia or into Georgia. Yeah, he had to go. His uh, the company that he works for sent him to Atlanta uh, for some sort of convention. Yeah. Uh, so the topic for tonight uh, is. Uh, the year 1969, because it's, it's, you know, sometimes, yes, 1969 is, uh, tonight's, uh, topic. Oh, okay. And, uh, I, and I believe Texas Mike is joining us as well. Well, you guys have a great weekend and a good show. I'll have my ears on and, uh, nice to talk to you again. All right, Ron, always nice to talk to you, my friend. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right, 603-250-6007 is the number, 603-250-6007. If you would like to chime in on anything uh, in our remaining, uh, we got about 20 minutes left in today's show. Uh, Let's see. Um, Yeah, like I said, I just, I, I appreciate that, you know, 
Trump supporters who are able to say, you know, I, I, I supported him, I, I liked his policies and, and whatever else, but uh, but I can't go for January 6th and, and what happened related to that. I, I appreciate that uh, because, uh, you know, it shows that you're that you're uh, not not part of the cult. It shows that you're engaged and you uh, are able to recognize because it's 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 still shocking to me how many people are just not not able to recognize that, again, even if you don't hold him responsible for everything leading up to January 6th, which, which I absolutely do, but even if you take all of that out of the equation, how can anybody, how can anyone who supports him how can anyone who supports him justify or rationalize his lack of action during that two and a half hours when he could have intervened and should have intervened immediately and as president of this country had an obligation to do so morally, ethically, and probably legally as well? The legally part of that is still an open question, you know. Um, but, uh, but of course, of course he should have. This was an attack, this was an insurrection, and it was an attack on our nation's capital by domestic terrorists. And again, all these terms I'm using, I'm using very deliberately and very intently, intentionally. These were domestic terrorists attacking our capital in an armed insurrection, in an organized armed insurrection. These are things, again, I say organized, I say armed. These are things that we're learning through these hearings. And Trump spent that time sitting in the dining room adjacent to the Oval Office, watching it all unfold on Fox News. And it wasn't until two and a half hours in that he finally decided, reluctantly, apparently, they had to manipulate him. His own White House staff had to manipulate him into doing the right thing, had to figure out a way to convince him to do the right thing. It is dereliction of duty. And it's, it's disgusting. And it is indefensible. And that is not an opinion. That is an objective fact. That is objective reality. There is no, and I honestly, I haven't even heard anyone try. See, when it comes to everything leading up to the insurrection, I've, I've heard it all. I've heard every possible excuse, every possible bending of reality, every possible justification why Trump did nothing wrong, did nothing to contribute to what happened. None of it's his fault. I've heard every imaginable dumb <laughs> alternate reality based argument right i have to tell you i have yet to hear i have not heard i mean i'm sure somebody must be making the argument somewhere right i have yet to hear anyone argue for why they think it was correct for as this was happening why they think it was correct and reasonable for Trump to effectively sit on his hands and not do anything. And as I said with that tweet about Mike Pence, he actually poured gasoline on the fire. Because I believe they absolutely, they absolutely, from all that we've seen, 
from all the evidence that we've seen, yes, they were go- they were going to kill him. I believe that. They were going to kill Mike Pence if they got to him. And they got close. They got close. I believe they were going to kill him. And if they could have gotten to Nancy Pelosi, if they could have gotten to whomever, I think they would have killed them. I really do. It was that out of control. But I have yet to hear a single person. I'm sure there's somebody arguing it somewhere in conservative media or or on some fringe podcast or something about, no, it was correct for uh, uh, the the president did the right thing. He was he was showing restraint by not getting involved in what was going on at the Capitol. I'm sure someone's tried to make that argument. I just haven't heard it yet. But I think the reason I haven't heard it yet is because what I'm saying is not an opinion. And it's damn sure not Trump derangement syndrome or whatever other nonsense anyone wants to throw at me. It's, it's a fact. It's objective reality. Trump is guilty of dereliction of duty. Period. Full stop. That's the truth. And, um, and if you're okay with it, then there's something's, that's something's wrong with you. <laughs> that's, that's what I would say. That's what I would say about that. Um, I guess the only argument, the the only thing that comes close to maybe somebody trying to justify Trump sitting on his hands is you do have some people who claim that uh, what, you know, they do the gaslighting. They claim that what happened wasn't actually happening. Like, who is it? Was it Ron Johnson uh, who's who claimed it was it was just a normal tourist visit that day? (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. It wasn't actually a big deal. Ah, they just, you know, just some tourists. They got a little rambunctious, you know. So I guess if you if if you argue it that way, then that's a way of trying to justify Trump not reacting to anything. If your position is, well, there was nothing to react to, they were just some tourists who got a little excited, you know. Then I then I I guess I can see it. But, um, by the way, uh, one of the things that we saw. Last night, when when Jenny and I were uh, were watching uh, were watching the hearing, is um, something that was unintentionally funny. Um, believe it or not, there was some levity to all this. Uh, Josh Hawley, <laughs> Josh Hawley, you might remember. Um, here, we'll go with the NBC News uh, story on this. Uh, Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri. Was uh, and by the way, if you're looking for him online, Holly is actually it's not the traditional t- spelling. It's H A W L E Y. So it's it's like Holly, not not Holly, but Holly. Uh, Senator Josh Holly of Missouri, he was the one who it's become somewhat of an infamous uh, photograph. He was walking by the protesters when they were still protesters before they had uh, the actual insurrection had begun. He was walking by them and he raised his fists in the air. You know, with solidarity with these folks. And um, so they showed that. They showed that in the hearing last night. They showed that uh, that iconic photo of Josh Hawley. He's got that determined. I'm looking at it right now. He's got that determined look on his face. He's got his fist in the air like, yeah, I'm with you. Um, what was unintentionally funny was, uh, so they show that picture and then they show surveillance they show a couple different clips of surveillance video surveillance camera footage of josh hawley sprinting away (laughs) fleeing for his life uh as the uh 
as the insurrectionists were advancing uh, toward his location and he was getting the hell out of there. And it, and it's just funny because it's, it's, you know, you see the picture of him showing his solidarity with these people. And then you see uh video camera surveillance footage of him running away from them. And it, it just, it, it was a laugh out loud moment. Uh, probably the only laugh out loud moment in this entire thing, but it, it was gen- genuinely funny to us. Um, NBC reports Josh Hawley seen fleeing pro-Trump mob. He riled up with his fist salute in newly released January 6th footage. Um, Video of the Missouri Republican running away from the rioters elicited a burst of laughter in the congressional hearing room. Yeah, it it really is. It really is funny. You, You owe it to yourself if you haven't seen it yet to go on YouTube and find this. It's actually, it is funny. Uh, uh, Senator Josh Hawley, the Missouri Republican, uh, was forced to flee the House in new footage presented uh, in the committee. Uh, Let's see. Oh, Ron is calling us back. Oh, never mind. Ron is not there. Um, Hawley can be seen running through a hallway in the Capitol, then quickly making his way down a staircase with colleagues. Uh, The video, which lit up social media shortly after it was aired, was taken just hours after the senator was photographed saluting protesters massing at security gates near the building. Uh, Representative Elaine Luria, or Luria, a Democratic member of the committee. Oh, I think Ron's calling us again. Ron, is that you? Yes, I have a question and I'll take your answer off the air. Okay. Because I didn't want to interrupt you. Sure. But what I wanted to ask was simple. Is it, would you that Trump versus Biden, as they were in their presidency, who accomplished more for the country? And I'm not talking about screw-ups or stupid moves, but who actually did more for the, for the country? And that's my question. Okay, Ron, thank you. All right, I will, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give a short answer to that uh, in a moment, but... Um, yes, Representative Elaine Luria, a Democratic member of the January 6th committee, cited panel interviews with law enforcement in describing Hawley's salute, riled up the crowd, and made it harder for officers to protect the complex. Uh, not long after Hawley made the gesture, uh, barriers on the east side of the Capitol were breached. Uh, Luria said, quote, later that day, Senator Hawley fled after those protesters he helped to rile up stormed the Capitol, unquote. She noted that many of the people he saluted joined the mob after uh, breaking through the uh, barricades. Uh, Footage of Hawley fleeing during the riot drew bursts of laughter in the committee hearing room. It also touched off a flood of memes on social media, including a tweet by former Democratic Senator Al Franken showing Hawley running back and forth to the theme song of the Benny Hill Show. Uh, The Lincoln Project, meanwhile, used the theme song from the running movie Chariots of Fire... (laughs) I've got to find these. And I have the tiger from Rocky three. And in classic Twitter fashion, several people soundtracked the clip using the curb your enthusiasm theme song. Uh, it also led to outright mockery with representative Adam Kinzinger, Republican of Illinois, referring to Holly as fist pump McRun pants. <laughs> That's funnier than it has a right to be but that is funny to me. Fist pump McRun pants and Democratic National Committee Chair Jamie Harrison tweeting out footage of Tom Hanks running in the movie Forrest Gump. Where is Josh Hawley this morning? Hashtag still running, Harrison wrote. Um, let's see. 
going to kind of skip down here a little bit because uh, I, I do want to answer Ron's uh, question before we run out of time. Uh, following the riot, Hawley condemned the violence at the Capitol and said he was simply objecting to the electors during the counting of electoral votes to give voice to the constituents of in Missouri. Uh, NBC has reached out to Hawley's office for comment on the new footage. What's he going to say? In remarks outside the hearing room after seeing the footage, uh, Washington, D.C. police uh, officer Michael Fanone, who was violently assaulted January 6th, called Hawley a B for running away. Except he didn't say B, he said the full word. Uh, let's see. Uh, he said, quote, And the fist pump combined with what he did in the immediate aftermath just shows the true character or lack thereof. You see the way these guys perform in public and then what they are in reality. Uh, you get a lot of uh, that nonsense up here on Capitol Hill with these members of Congress that have become like a caricature in the media, but in reality they have no character, they have no honor, they have no integrity, and the way they behave outside of the camera's eye is very different, unquote. Okay, there's a little bit more to that, but I, I want to answer Ron's question because it's an interesting question. Uh, before we uh, before we run out of time today. So in terms of Ron was asking uh, who accomplished more, who did more. Um, no, I mean, there were definitely uh, Trump, uh, you know, and he had some some wind at his uh, at his back with Republican control. Uh, you know, Trump was able to do some things. Um, there were uh, things that I. I'd have to look it up. This would be easier to. Maybe we'll get into this a little more on Monday when I can prepare for it a little better because I'd like to have some lists uh, in front of me of things. But, um, you know, Trump did some things, obviously, that I would uh, object to. Um, and, and and a few things in there I liked. For example, he signed the uh, First Step Act, which I think was uh, a very good thing. Uh, he gets a lot of credit for the Abraham Accords. We've talked about that recently on the show. Um, probably a few other things. I liked that um, that Trump was a Republican who... Uh, felt that it was very important uh, not to um, for the country not to default on our debt and to raise the debt ceiling on schedule because that's something where Republicans there's a lot of disagreement within the Republican Party on that. A lot of Republicans take the position that we actually should default uh, so we don't keep accruing debt, but default would actually be disastrous not only for the United States economy but for the global economy. Um, and and Trump understood that and surrounded himself with people who understood that too. Steve Mnuchin said that, you know, we're not going to play around with the debt ceiling. That's too dangerous. So there were some good things. Uh, and there were some bad things, of course, uh, that Trump did. Um, in terms of Biden, I would say it's, it's a little bit of a nuanced answer here. So first of all, as I had said recently on the show, when I was complaining about this very thing about You've got a Democratic Party. See, this is the way I kind of look at it. You know, I don't like the two-party system, and I try to support independence whenever I can because I have enormous problems with both parties. But you've got one party that I find completely repulsive and repugnant, and then you've got this other party that someone who views the one party as repugnant and repulsive, you would hope this other party would be able to protect us from the, some of the worst impulses of the party that I find so repugnant and repulsive, but the other party who in theory should be able to protect us from that is too weak and incompetent and ineffectual and, uh, and, and just uh, can't get out of their own way. So uh, the other party uh, isn't very much help either. Now, in terms of Biden, um, the one thing that I wanted out of president Joe Biden more than anything else I did get, 
And that is, I wanted a more comprehensive, more consistent, more coherent uh, 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 approach and position on uh, dealing with COVID-19. Uh, as someone who is a bit of a pandemic hawk, I, I take the pandemic very seriously, as you all know. And uh, I wanted, uh, you know, Biden's message was we have to take the pandemic very seriously versus Trump's message, which was we have to take the pandemic very seriously. Unless, of course, you don't feel like taking it seriously, in which case, whatever, I guess it's not really that big a deal. Ah, you just you do whatever you want. So I liked the uh, Biden uh, policy, and I think that he was very effective Um in implementing uh, vaccine distribution and so forth. Uh, I think that the Biden administration on balance has done an excellent job on COVID, which to me was the number one issue. So if I look at it from that vantage point, I would say um, in terms of who did things that were more important that I like and appreciate, I would absolutely go with Biden. However, the flip side to that is, and here's where some of the nuance comes in. Um, and by the way, this other things, the American Rescue Plan, very important, um, and a couple other things. But on the other hand, um, there's uh, many things that Biden would like to have done, and his presidency's not over yet, but <laughs> there are other things that he would have liked to have done, which with Democratic control should have been able to do that they, the Democrats, have not been able to get done. And Biden, of course, you know, he is the head of the Democratic Party as the president. So um, in in the macro sense, if you're looking at what ambitions and stated goals and objectives have been versus what's actually been accomplished, um, I don't think uh, President Biden is is looking at it from that vantage point. I don't think he's gotten much done. Um, Part of that, I feel, is a miscalculation in that I think President Biden wanted to be FDR. And I think he miscalculated because he, you know, he wanted to come in and, and really uh, in, in, in many ways take the pandemic and use it as an opportunity to remake uh, the entire American social safety net, all of our social programs and so forth. And, and uh, really remake the economy in some ways. In fact, I think I remember him using that phrase. I want to remake the, the nation's economy. And it's just not why, it's not why we elected him. So I just, uh, I think in, in many ways, uh, his presidency has fallen short. All right, we have a call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. We are almost out of time, so please be brief, but go ahead. Hi, Matt. I can, I can hardly hear you. This is Brooklyn. How you hey, doing? Brooklyn Mike. How are you, my friend? I'm okay, thanks. Just real quick, uh, I know you touched on it very briefly, but... Uh, Ron's last question at this point in time, I feel is invalid. Uh, Joe Biden is one and a half, about one and a half years into a four year term. So True. let's ask the question in uh, another two and a half years. Yep. Uh, that's an excellent point. Uh, Brooklyn, Mike. Absolutely. Excellent All right, point. Matt, I'll let you go. Have a great weekend. Love you, man. All right, my friend, you too, brother. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, that was our friend uh, Brooklyn Mike. By the way, I've, I've, uh, I mean, I mean, I, I thought Ron's question was perfectly fine. You know, we can uh, evaluate uh, where we are at this point in the Biden presidency versus uh, the totality of Trump's presidency. Uh, I think it's an interesting discussion to have, but I do think Brooklyn Mike makes a, a great point. Also, uh, the Biden uh, presidency has a long way to go. However, does it really? Because if we get to the midterms and Republicans take control 
you could argue at that point the Biden presidency largely is over, even with the Democrats in control. They can't get out of their own way enough to get so many of the agenda items that the president had. What happens when Republicans are in control? Uh, is Biden effectively a lame duck president at that moment, at that point? We'll see. But uh, both great points. Thank you to everyone who called in today, everybody in the Facebook live chat. And uh, we are absolutely out of time. Granite State of Mind coming up next at 6 p.m. right here at WMNH 95.3 FM. And I will be back later at Retro Spectrum Radio with Polly C. As you know, I'm one of the co-hosts on that program. That starts at 7.30. Uh, Chad Verbeck is live at the Hop Knot tonight from 7 to 9 p.m. Lots going on. I'll talk to y'all a little bit later. Bye, everybody. Imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232.